Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison. I am a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and I'm all by myself again. I'm not going to sing, don't worry. Um, although it might not be so bad, you might like it. We'll talk about that another time. Um, yeah, Peter is not here um, on this episode of the podcast. Um, but the good news is, is that you are not completely uh, stuck with me all by myself. Um, we have a very special guest with us um, on this episode of the podcast. Um, and I don't want to, uh, to take too much time away from, from that uh, really good conversation that I had uh, with uh, Rohan Chakravarthy uh, from 49ers Web Zone. So he'll be joining us here in just a minute. Um, I do want to remind you to go ahead and um, hit the like and subscribe buttons on wherever you find your podcast. That just helps uh, everybody uh, to get um, to get to the podcast, gets us rising up the ladder uh, with sports and 49ers and football related things. And so um, if you could do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. Um, but without further ado, let's go ahead and bring on Rohan. Uh, joining us this evening on the Niner Noise podcast is uh, Rohan Chakravarthy um, from 49ers Web Zone. Uh, Rohan, uh, thanks for joining us first and foremost. And uh, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me. And yeah, I'm excited to uh, kick it off. Yeah, um, excellent. I thought we could start, um, which is you know, a little uh, biographical information uh, about you, who you are, how you came to uh, to be uh, writing about the 49ers for WebZone and, and, you know, what that a little bit about that story um, for uh, for our listeners. Yeah. So I had probably started about a year and a half ago. I at the time was fairly young and, you know, uh, pretty interested in the 49ers, of course. And so I wanted to see pretty much how can I do something with it? How can I combine my passion for journalism and writing specifically with my passion for sports? Applied to the 49ers web zone site, uh, gave in a couple of pieces, and then they improved uh, my my work. And then pretty much that summer is where I started pumping out a ton of content, trying to be one of the better writers over there so that I could get uh, bigger opportunities. And yeah, I continued to work. And then now uh, pretty much I, I put out a bunch of content for them, be it my own thought, be it opinions, and then recently covered training camp for them. So it's definitely, definitely have been grateful for the opportunity and yeah, just definitely continuing to work and uh, uh, seeing as much as I can do with them and appreciative for everybody on the staff. 
Nice. Um, I also see you are a co-host of a podcast of your own, the 49ers Red Zone podcast. Have you been doing that since the beginning? Is that a relatively new thing or how has that been going for you? So I'd say about 18 months for 49ers Web Zone and then the podcast probably about nine months running now. So okay. uh, it, it, I didn't start off with that, but I'm definitely glad that I am doing that now. Uh, the 49ers uh, Red Zone podcast is my current podcast where I host it with my co-host Marco Martinez. And yeah, I mean, we have been talking about obviously 49ers football for a long, long time. It's been uh, definitely a blast talking not only 49ers, but also the draft and uh, all sorts of different things. So yeah, um, I'm just, yeah, I really uh, have enjoyed that podcast because, you know, I wanted something uh, on top of just writing, just getting to voice my, my thoughts in a different manner. And I really like to you know, speak and uh, get my thoughts out in that way. And it's also a nice way to interact with others. And so that's where the interest for that came from. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, we were talking before we, we started the uh, recording about um, how long I've been doing this. And we're we're kicking off the, the fourth season of the, the Niner Noise podcast here. And it's just been been cool to be involved in it and and even as my as my writing has kind of waxed and waned a little bit uh the podcast has stayed consistent i think mostly because i tend to be a little bit um over ambitious maybe i guess is the way to think about the writing <laughs> process like i take on mostly i'm at this point where i basically take on these long projects where that that take me several hours as opposed to like short quick things which is kind of the idea um i don't know for some reason I just you know i'd rather spend my time writing something a little bit more in depth than than those kind of short hitters which is is neither here nor there it's just uh something that i've that i've really enjoyed doing but um yeah uh thanks for for sharing that uh, about yourself i think that's that's a really cool story um and and you know it's good to connect with with other people who are out here doing you know similar things to to what we're doing at, at Niner Noise and other places as well. So um, yeah, most definitely. I, yeah, I wanted to to really spend most of our our time uh, in this conversation talking about uh, the 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 one little uh, nugget that you threw in there. Um, I don't know, humble brag, maybe a little bit. Yeah, you, you got to uh, go out to training camp uh, this this season. Is that that was your first opportunity going to training camp, or you, had you been before? Um, in a non-writing capacity? Uh, or no, was this was time? actually, yeah, my first training camp. Definitely didn't see how the experience would be before I went there. And I didn't realize how much work that, you know, a, a lot of people don't understand how much goes behind the scenes. But a lot of writers were out there, a lot of beat writers, a lot of content creators were out there. And yeah, it takes a while for sure. Uh, like it just, the amount of work it especially going every single day uh salute to all the writers and all out there doing that every single day yeah very cool uh one day i will i will make it out there um i as i mentioned to you and as listeners of of uh, our pad podcast know i am a uh resident of the carolinas um i was i was keeping you know jimmy garoppolo's rental house ready right next door to me for a little while, but then unfortunately, uh, they both traded for Baker Mayfield, and the house was sold, so it didn't quite work out. But um, I was ready for him to for him to be my neighbor. I figured that have been that have been really good content for the site, um, but was not was not to be, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, so uh, looking forward to hopefully getting out there someday. But I wanted to to talk with you about um, what that experience was like. What what I guess the the starting point would be. For you, what's the difference between like a training camp experience versus like seeing a game? Obviously, there's there's quite a bit of difference in that they're not playing. But uh, what what's the the sort of day to day operation of it? Because I, I don't think most people. I mean, we hear all the reports, and you're talking about like, oh, Trey Lance was five of seventeen passing the ball, but obviously they're not just going out there and scrimmaging all day. Um, so can you just, you know, talk to us a little bit about what that looks like on a, on a day-to-day basis in, in training camp? I'm, you know, I'm sure it differs from, from day-to-day, but generally yeah. speaking, what did it look like? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it, it is interesting, right? Because the scrimmage part is definitely the most important part, but you'd be surprised that for an, an hour and a half practice, uh, how little, uh, portion is put towards scrimmaging. Like the 49ers start off. Practice technically starts at 10.25, but you'll see all the players out by 10.05. Then they essentially get into 
a bit of a warm-up session uh, where players are on the side working on a, on their own or with a group, maybe on footwork for, for certain players, maybe on route running for certain players, things like that, while the quarterbacks uh, just warm up in like 10-yard throws uh, just back and forth. Then they all get into a period of stretching before separating for individual drills and team drills. So you'll have a lot of individual drills. Quarterbacks will work on their own. Running backs will work on their own. All the position groups will work on their own. And then after that, you might see uh, like there's – that's I think like they, they divide it by periods. And so that's for like the first couple of periods, maybe first 20 minutes, 15 minutes or so. And then after that, you'll see position groups start to mesh quarterbacks running backs offensive line will start to all work together while the defense all works together in different portions that's called the team drill portion that goes on for a another uh how much ever 20 30 minutes and that's where you see most of the offensive and defensive install so you'll start with walkthroughs like i said then you go into individual drills then you go into team drills and you kind of that's that's how practice normally uh, goes along like that. So those are the three main sections that take up a good period of time. And then after that, you get into the scrimmage portion, which is then normally uh, followed by special teams and then a final scrimmage portion in a way to end the day. Cool. That 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 is very interesting. I, you, know, you often because, as you said, they they focus so much on that that end portion and you sort of forget about the other things that they're doing because obviously it it wouldn't make a lot of sense for them to just play 11 on 11 or even seven on seven drills for for an hour and a half they there'd be no opportunity to be like hey this isn't working or you need to work on this this skill or whatever um you can't really do that in a large group um it makes a lot more sense to do that like okay all the defensive linemen are here working on whatever they need to work on and that makes a lot more sense yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, it also gets them more prepared for that scrimmage portion because, you know, that's where it's really offense versus defense. And yeah, both sides got to be prepared because it moves fairly quick. There's regular portion, like scripted portion. Then there's the move the ball portion. Then there's like the two minute portion where sometimes it moves faster and faster and faster, obviously, mm-hmm. to uh, prepare the game situations. Yeah, that's all very cool. Um, so, I mean, obviously we could, we could talk about the, the very obvious names to, uh, to get into and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about those for sure. But, um, what, who are some, some players that have maybe stood out to you from your, from your perspective as you've watched, uh, uh, training camp throughout uh, the last couple of weeks? Yeah. So to start off, I mean, we've got to talk about the, the top players on both sides, starting off we've, uh, with the offensive side you got to talk about Brandon Ayuk now Brandon Ayuk didn't have this amazing start to training camp where he's been blossomed and just working uh like amazingly the entire training camp period there have been the first couple of days uh where Brandon Ayuk like I think it was the first two practices where Brandon Ayuk did struggle in a way uh, a little bit where he couldn't necessarily separate or not necessarily separate, but couldn't necessarily win against Traverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley. That's where you heard all the reports that Ward and Mosley were the MVPs of day one and day two. And Ayuk was winning a ton against every other cornerback. But then that Saturday, uh, I think day four of practice, is when you finally start to see Ayuk blossoming, winning against anybody uh, in both in one-on-ones and in uh, regular drills as well. And that's where his huge training camp has come from and his rapport with Trey Lance has continued to strengthen because he's continued to win against all forms of cornerbacks. And it's not to say that Ward and Mosley haven't been good. They've obviously been great additions, or Ward in that case and Mosley coming back. They've been great players in that secondary, but it's nice to see a receiver like Ayuk in his third year uh, going getting into the mold of potentially being a true wide receiver one in the NFL uh, with not only his route running, but ability to win off the line of scrimmage and then also his pure speed. Yeah. And in one of the, it's sort of the, the catch 22 of, of teams facing off against their teammates, right? You're, you're glad to hear that, that Ward and Mosley are doing well. Cause that means that they're going to be effective against quality talent on other teams 
Um, and on some level, you're like, oh, but that we, you don't want to hear that Ayuk and, and other players might be struggling because maybe that means something that they won't be as effective. But, you know, in the end, you sort of hope it's a, you know, iron sharpens iron type of thing where Mosley and Ward and other players on the defense being really good helps make the offense better. Um, and if this defense is as good as um, it seems to be projecting to be, that that can that seems like it's going to be good news for the for the 49ers offense in the end. Yeah, most definitely. And like you said, it's iron sharpens iron, right? It's great that you have uh, guys that can play very well uh, offensively, but also defensively to match that talent. Because the way that these players, the way that a Brandon Ayuk can truly become a wide receiver one in the NFL is to go against cornerback ones and figure out ways and devise plans against cornerback ones to consistently win. And same vice versa. The way that Traverius Ward can be a cornerback one in the NFL is to go against that type of talent and then figure out the best ways to lock him down on a consistent manner. All right, so let's let's do a couple of the the big names that uh, that of course everybody wants to hear about. Um, we'll start with uh, the newest newly re-signed uh, 49er, if you will. Um, how's how's Debo been looking from your perspective? Obviously, he got a little bit of a late start with the contract situation, but um, has been out there uh, since having signed that contract. Um, I, I don't expect that we're going to see much of him in the preseason, so. Uh, really, these uh, practices and, and such, especially uh, this upcoming week against Minnesota, are going to be really important. Um, but how, how's he been looking for you? Yeah, I think Debo is honestly, he's had a bit of a slower start to training camp, but he has blossomed at times as well. So Debo Samuel, first couple of days, uh, one of his first catches in training camp in general, after obviously that week layoff, was a screen pass that he caught where he showcased his explosiveness like running in space uh and running with the ball uh running kind of yards after the catch as you may from last year getting 15 yards on the play there you saw the explosiveness you saw the old Debo Samuel back but sometimes during his route running early when you talk about uh when you talk about like can he really separate? He had struggled to separate at times. Guys like Emmanuel Mosley had been able to shut Debo Samuel down on deep plays, which is why the deep route wasn't necessarily there from Trey Lance to Debo Samuel in the first place. And also there were some miscommunications. I remember a play vividly where Trey Lance threw about a 40-yard go route while Debo Samuel ran a 20-yard out route. So the ball was nowhere near where the receiver ended up being, and that was a re- it resulted in completion. So there were some miscommunications early. But Debo Samuel, uh, Kyle Shanahan, I applaud him for doing so. He put Debo Samuel in the situation where he's best at. And those are these crossing routes, especially in soft coverage, where Debo Samuel, once he gets out of that break, is able to utilize that acceleration, that second gear, to separate getting three, four yards from uh, cornerbacks, especially in soft coverage, on those crossing routes where he doesn't necessarily have to utilize uh, as much route running, but more so that acceleration. And so... On that crossing route, that's where he's been seeing a good amount of action. Uh, he's been getting a couple of catches. Trey Lance has found him over the middle. Nate Sudfeld's found him over the middle. And so that's where a, a good amount of his action has been. And I know that while I wasn't there, uh, I believe on Saturday or no, on Sunday, Debo Samuel uh, did catch a nice uh, out route, a deep out route from Trey Lance, something that the two have been working on uh, in training camp and haven't really hit as much. So that was another good sign. Yeah, that I mean, it's it's to be expected, of course, that he's gonna, um, you know, get a little bit. He's gonna be a little behind everybody else in terms of that rapport with 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 Lance and and those sorts of things. But um, I I I think there's certainly uh, cause for um, for for being uh, excited about what he's gonna offer. I, I think um, it it kind of looks like you know based on again. The, the minimal <laughs> amount of time that we've seen uh, Trey Lance in, in, in the offense in the preseason thus far. Um, the 49ers are going to be able to open things up a little bit, um, which should allow for for Debo to to do the things that he has been able to do, but without being that sort of focal point of, of the, the defensive game plan where he can be that, sh- you know, short and, and, and medium uh, kind of kind of guy, get the ball in space, 
Ayuk um, might have a little bit more separation ability and so maybe has the opportunity to get open further downfield, maybe in those intermediate and deep areas. And then, of course, we have, you know, this rookie who can apparently, you know, run like the wind. Um, and that seems to be good news with uh, Danny Gray as well. So maybe he has the opportunity yeah. to take the top off. Um, it it kind of seems like for the first time since Shanahan has been here, he has not only the receivers at all three levels, but also a quarterback who can, who can utilize those receivers at all three levels, which is a pretty big difference, right? Cause you know, he had Marquise Goodwin his first year when he was here, but he didn't really have anybody who could get him the ball deep. And so he kind of negated his ability to get downfield because nobody could throw it to him. So, um, I'm, I'm excited to see that. So, um, all right. So let's move into the, the obvious next, next step. Having talked about the receivers, um, what about what about Trey Lance? What's what's the deal there? Obviously, he looked pretty good uh, in the preseason game. Had the one highlight throw that we've already uh, just mentioned there to Danny Gray deep downfield, uh, showcasing that arm talent. Um, but what's uh, the what's QB one looking like for the Niners in training camp so far? I'll be honest, he's been inconsistent in training camp, but there have been good. There's been bad, right? Uh, Trey Lance. Um, I mean. A lot of people don't like to talk about it, but if you just talk about pure accuracy, Trey Lance has probably hovered around 55% overall in training camp, and a lot of people will scoff at that number. But when we talk objectively, Trey Lance initially was accurate, uh, but has wavered with accuracy in two areas. Uh, On the out routes, Trey Lance has occasionally thrown them wide and occasionally thrown them over receivers' heads. And then deep, Trey Lance has occasionally missed, uh, normally overthrowing receivers as well. And so to me, those are the two aspects where Trey Lance is looking to improve on in his accuracy. The one thing, though, that I will say about Trey Lance, not necessarily from a talent aspect, but more so a mindset aspect, his pocket presence definitely is, uh, you can definitely see the improvements and the just like, how comfortable he is in the pocket. And that's nice to see because a lot of people think Trey Lance is a runner and then a pocket passer. That's not true. Trey Lance is a pure pocket passer with the ability to run with his legs. And you see that in training camp. He's not looking to tuck and run every single time. You saw that on that one play where he eventually did end up running, but he stepped up in the pocket, looked to throw, found nobody open, and then went off for eight yards. I think that that's the type of play that you want to see from Trey Lance, and you've definitely seen it at times in camp as well. And he has the wheels to do so, so that's not an issue. Uh, But the good about Trey Lance, he's been able to fit throws in tight windows. The accuracy, not accuracy, the velocity is certainly there on some of those throws, but he's also exhibited touch, which is important, right? Uh, He's exhibited the ability to get the ball either over receivers or in certain spots, and so that's good. And while he has missed uh, wide and has missed deep, you've definitely seen throws where he's hit both of them, and obviously they've resulted in big plays. So it depends because I think the 49ers definitely understand they have big playability when they talk about Trey Lance, but the consistency right now has to still be there, and that's why I honestly think the 49ers are going to be uh, reverting back to their original mold, which is being a run-first team, relying on their run game, while utilizing Trey Lance's strengths both in the play action and in the zone read game to further this offense. We saw a bit of it during his first start in the preseason, of course, um, where he had uh, the play action on his first throw. Shanahan went straight to it. And while we didn't see as much of the zone read, I think we do see that more in the regular season. Yeah, um, I was I was thinking of that uh, that run that he had um, in in the preseason game against Packers. Um, I had noted in our we have a Niner Noise uh, Slack channel that we use to kind of chat with each other and and get work done and and that sort of thing. And I noted that while the the throw to Gray was was awesome and and great that he was able to exhibit the arm strength and the actually to make the throw. My favorite play was was that that scrambling uh, kind of you know, scramble drill kind of thing that he did um, because, as you noted, he he dropped back. He was looking, he looked, he looked, didn't find anything, but he didn't immediately give up on the play. He was he was definitely reading the defense, looking for his spots, um, didn't find anything, stepped up and still before he he took off was still kind of looking downfield to, to, to decide if there was going to be a last minute throw opportunity. And then as you noted, made the decision to be like, all right, it's it's time to go. There's there's space in the middle. And then, of course, the best thing of all, 
he slid at the end, <laughs> which is, you know, the safety thing that we all want to see after the way he got pounded um, against he Arizona said, That's last the year. first time I done slid in my life. That's a, that's a good <laughs> thing then that he did it. Yeah, um, we especially especially what had happened like literally what minutes before that with with Zach Wilson and and gave the Jets fans a, a right scare um, there. Uh, that yeah. is not the kind of thing that we need. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So I was glad to see that. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Um all right. Uh the, I, the the only other player that that I really I mean there's we could we could talk about, you know, each and every player here, but um talk to me about Nick Bosa. The man looks massive and scary and 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 looks primed for from a physical point of view to just like take on um, the league and should looks to be, you know, like a conversation for a defensive player of the year type of thing. Um, I, obviously they're being really careful with him in terms of his injury history and that sort of thing. But what is he showing out there? Uh, what are you looking forward to with him? Yeah. So, I mean, we talk about Nick Bosa Nick Bosa is Nick Bosa. One of the best pass rushers in the entirety of the NFL, if not the best pass rusher in the NFL. And he like, it's interesting, right, in training camp because the 49ers don't need to play Nick Bosa in training camp. They know what they have in him, and they have such a deep unit that sometimes they've sat him entirely out of team drill days. And, like, you're wondering, is he injured? But then you realize, no, it's just because he's Nick Bosa. Uh, over the last <laughs> week, I think there was a three-period, three-day stretch where Nick Bosa just didn't play in consecutive three consecutive days on team drills. He was out there in uniform. 
uh, in pads and everything, but just didn't play in team drills because there's no need for him to play in team drills and potentially risk any injury uh, at all because you already know what you have in the product. And so Nick Bosa, when he has played, there's one day that really was uh, in my uh, memory uh, that really stood out to me from Nick Bosa. It was Mike McGlinchey's first day back on the Saturday. McGlinchey's first day, uh, this was a non-padded practice, but you just saw how Nick Bosa moved, and he cooked McGlinchey that day. I believe he got a sack, or uh, he got two sacks, one on McGlinchey, and then he got another pressure on McGlinchey and was held on uh, by McGlinchey on a different or on a different play, I believe. So, like, obviously, it for for those worrying about McGlinchey, he he McGlinchey has overall been fairly good in training camp. Apart from that day, he had a bounce back day the next day. But going back on Nick Bosa, uh, you know the 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 entire traits are there. And it's just amazing to see that this guy was really removed from an ACL tear just a year ago, and now he's back in the fold, uh, operating uh, as as good as ever. And yeah, Nick Bosa, he's going to deserve a pay uh, a payday. Next offseason, mm-hmm. the 49ers are going to give it to him, at least according to John Lynch. And he's looked uh, the part, definitely, in uh, in training camp. I don't know if he plays in preseason. Maybe he plays once to get just you know get back in the groove. But he's looked good in training camp so far. Awesome. That's, that's always good to hear. Um, yeah, I, I would be surprised if they do anything with him during the preseason. Um, I suppose he could get, you know, a couple of snaps in the third game um, against Houston. Uh, my concern there would be because the, the Texans play indoors, and so I'm assuming they play on some sort of artificial turf, which would be concerning given the fact that his injury uh, stemmed from some very bad uh artificial turf a couple of years ago so that would be my only concern at that particular point but um yeah that's that's exciting stuff um to hear um so i appreciate that that feedback um all right so let's uh do the the sort of final thoughts here um so give me uh from your perspective one player who's been uh, a surprise um, in like a good way, like somebody you've been really surprised to see be successful uh, in training camp, somebody off the radar who you're like, oh, they're having a great camp. They might be making themselves a, a spot on the uh, 53-man roster. And then yeah, one player so, that is disappointed. Sorry. Yeah, so if we're going for a player that is surprised, I'll go with a couple. Uh, I'll start with one who is already a lock, but maybe shoots himself a little further up the depth chart, and that's Ray Ray McLeod. In training camp, I'm not going to count Debo Samuel because he was only there for half of training camp, but in training camp, Ray Ray McLeod has been the second most consistent receiver behind Brandon Ayuk. Jawan Jennings has had a slow training camp, uh, dropping a couple of passes and not really winning uh, all of his routes. Malik Turner has looked good, but Danny Gray has also had an inconsistent training camp, failing to win at times at the line of scrimmage and on his routes, failing to gain separation, which uh, was a thing that stemmed from his college tape as well. But Raymond McLeod, he's been a guy who's been consistent, primarily playing with the second and third team, but being able to get open from the slot in a variety of plays, he originally started as a checkdown option on the first couple of days of training camp, but then has progressed into a guy who we've seen run deep crossers. We've seen run routes over the middle. We've seen run out routes, all sorts of different routes, and his hands haven't necessarily been as much of an issue. He did fumble one pass during the preseason, which was something that stemmed from his uh, Pittsburgh days, but he hasn't fumbled a pass in training camp so far, and he has been a surprise uh, not necessarily a surprise, but uh, like a promising player who could fight for some good reps uh, at the receiver uh, position, especially if Jennings continues to have a slow camp. Uh, I'm not too worried about Jawan Jennings just because we saw what he did last year, but good camp so far for Ray Ray McLeod. As for one other player, uh, and maybe an under-the-radar guy who right now maybe be on the outside looking in, he had a good first day, and that's Marcelino McCrary Ball. Uh, I've been pretty high on Marcelino McCurry Ball since the 49ers signed him uh, as an undrafted free agent out of Indiana, and he's seen time with the second-team defense uh, while primarily playing with the third-team defense early uh, because the 49ers had Oren Burks, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, and Curtis, Curtis Robinson, but he's seen time with the second-team defense. He's got the speed the 49ers covet. He's a safety convert 
similar to Marcel Harris from last year with the speed of a safety, but also the aggressiveness of a linebacker. And while he does have to improve in a bit in run defense, he's what the 49ers covet at linebacker with those traits and also has flashed in training camp uh, on a couple of plays, recorded an interception and was flying around the field uh, on the other day uh, in the preseason game. Do I think he makes the roster at the moment? I still think he's on the outside looking in, but it wouldn't be surprised to be pushed for a spot. And I think that he'd be a player the 49ers look to keep for a little bit. Uh, I don't think the 49ers, um, like, I think the 49ers have found another undrafted free agent linebacker guy that they like uh, in Marceline McCurry Ball. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, prayers up for the uh, the uh, Packers defender, defensive back that uh, Ray Ray McLeod absolutely burned into the turf <laughs> on Friday night. Um, I said it. I, I saw the touchdown. Like, I was, I had the game on and I saw that they scored. And I was like, oh, maybe somebody, like, there's just a missed coverage. And then they replayed it and then showed him absolutely destroying him and and the poor guy just was lying i don't even think he got up like i think he just sat on the ground he's like well yeah nothing left for me to do here i just got smoked into the eternity so he's uh hopefully uh he'll be okay um but yeah i think good note there from from both those players um it'll be interesting to see what will happen because my only sort of minor concern with Ray Ray McLeod sort of stepping up in the depth chart from a wide receiver perspective is that they brought him in primarily to improve the special teams. Um, and I wouldn't want to lose him in that regard. I, I mean, obviously wherever he helps the team, he helps the team, but um, especially after Jermichael Hasty forgot the rules about kickoff returns and them going out of bounds uh, early in that game as well, that uh, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> concerned about him uh, as a primary kick return offensive <laughs> or deep player, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and then Marcelino uh, Mercari ball, uh, also a name that I kind of pegged in as a, a potential practice squad guy, if they can keep him around. But if he continues to show out like he did on, on Friday, there would be concerns that he wouldn't make it uh, pass waivers if he, uh, was was cut prior to uh, uh, making the roster. So we'll see how that plays out. I think there is a spot, you know, obviously behind the three main linebackers and, and Oren Burks is the fourth guy um, assumes, you know, making the team as that sort of depth linebacker and the special teams ace. I think there is a fifth linebacker spot, whether or not that's, that's going to continue to go to Demetrius Flanagan Fowles or if they go with, which it has the last couple of seasons, or if they opt to go a different direction uh, with a, a new player that he could, uh, McCrary Ball could, could certainly slide in there. But all right, um, yeah. talk to us about a player that you've been disappointed with then. All right. And this is, this is always tough for me because I'm not a player – I'm not a person who likes to, you know, get down on players and things like that. I always think that everybody is in the NFL for a reason. But if we're talking about a disappointing player, there are a couple of names. Mentioned one in Juwan Jennings, who's had a slow camp. I'll mention two others. First, Ambry Thomas. We saw that Ambry Thomas had, you know, a a good finish to the season last year, maybe growing into himself, making a couple of more plays at the uh, at the catch point, but that hasn't been the case this offseason. Thomas has been put in two situations. First, he's been put in press man situations where he's most comfortable. And the 40 or the issue is he sometimes holds, gets a little grabby, which is an issue, or he'll play great coverage and then just lose at the catch point getting mossed by a receiver, which is an issue because it's a big deep catch down. The, like maybe it might be a 15 yard comeback. Maybe it might be a 15 yard out where Thomas is playing good coverage. The receiver just makes a good play on the ball. And because the 49ers, it seems are afraid of giving up that 15 yard catch. They now have Thomas sometimes playing five yards off the line of scrimmage, which then allows those uh, throws, those crossing routes and all those kind of throws uh, to get, uh, to get by because Thomas isn't really a great zone uh, zone defender. He doesn't have a great zone feel, and so he doesn't attach to receivers quickly enough. He doesn't really close fast enough. Despite him having that speed, he doesn't necessarily have the instinctual capabilities, or at the moment at least, uh, to play in zone coverage uh, 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 like in a, on a con uh, constant basis. And so the forty like that's been the the recurring issue with Thomas. How do you play him? Do you uh, give up the deep catch, or do you consistently give up? Uh, 
uh, intermediate catches and things like that. And so I'm I'm liking the 49ers strategy of just throwing him in the fire, playing him a significant amount of reps and playing him with the first team, uh, what do you call it, playing with the first team defense and just letting him play press man. If you get burned, you get burned. But play, letting him play press man, getting him a feel really of how to play cornerback and uh, how to win in some of those situations. He didn't have a great first day. I think he did play a little better than Kadar Holman. Uh, and I, I did like the 49ers played him a ton. You know, the one pass that he deflected ended up getting cat, uh, caught by a receiver anyway. So it, it was a not a great first day for Ambry Thomas, but he's been a, one of the disappointing guys in training camp. Uh, he's He was a late bloomer last year. Maybe he turns into a late bloomer towards the end of camp and into the regular season this year. But right now, Diamond Lenore has had a better camp than him. Yeah, I was I was going to say I, I thought I, I think I heard some some people say that they have been flip flopping those two over the course of their their season and now into training camp uh, during yeah. their time because Lenore started off really well last year. Obviously stepped in uh, for the first you know game when uh, Jason Brett went went down and was immediately like everybody was like oh we need to start him like he should start the rest of the season uh, kind of thing and then he kind of just disappeared. I, out of nowhere it's just like oh he's gone like <laughs> he's not playing anymore and then all of a sudden Ambry Thomas rose up the ranks and obviously had that um big interception at the end of the the Rams game in the regular season to to close that game out um and it really looked like a, he was on the ascendancy and Lenore was maybe falling down and now they seem to swap places um again which is kind of bizarre uh the tricky thing of course is that this is a much improved 49ers quarterback cornerback room I should say and so neither of them is in a very good position to uh, to kind of mess around, because if you assume that, as it appears the team does, that Traverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley are the starters, and then um, you, if, if, if you assume, which I think it's fair to say at this particular point, that Sam Womack is your starting nickelback, uh, considering um, that Darquez Denard is now gone, um, <laughs> I think we can make the assumption that Sam Womack has played uh, well enough to to earn that spot as of as of now well that's three spots right there um yeah maybe maybe they're going to keep six cornerbacks um maybe it's just five i would imagine it's probably it's one of those two five or six and so that leaves you know lenore thomas you know Tariq castro fields um <laughs> dare i say dante johnson because he's always here um as you know and among and amongst other players who have a chance of holding down those spots and so neither lenore uh nor uh Ambry thomas seems like they're in a good position to be you know flirting with a, a a a situation where they make the coaching staff have to make a decision between the two of them um so definitely behoove um you know Ambry thomas to to do the best he can to make sure that he's not on the outside looking in. I don't think they would quit on him necessarily, um, but he could put himself in a situation where he's not given a lot of opportunity to play, even if he does make the roster, for example. Yeah, I, I still I, I don't think that they'll uh, let go of Henry Thomas for sh- uh, yet. Like, I won't say right. for sure, but I don't think they'll let go of him yet just because he was a third-round pick. There was something that uh, the coaches saw in him back then what that required them to make the selection, which is the same debate with Trey Sermon, right? A lot of people thought Trey mm-hmm. Sermon should be cut. I don't think he'll be cut either. I think the no, 49ers I don't, I don't will think so. keep their high-priced investments and continue to see what they get with them. But you're right. Like, there is a debate for it as for who's played really well in training camp and who hasn't. And I think Thomas has been one of the disappointing ones after coming in to training camp as cornerback number three. I, I certainly agree with you. And of course, we we sh- need to mention, you know, Jason Brett and how he's going to fit into all this. Um, I think there was some some buzz going around that maybe the the release of Darquez Denard said a lot about Sam Womack, but also maybe said something about the health of Jason Verrett, um, you know, because the whole rumbling about Kyle Shanahan talking about, well, you know, Jason Brett can play anywhere we want. We need to put him. Oh, OK. Well, what does that mean? Um, you know, obviously you haven't seen him at training camp. He hasn't been practicing, um, but that is an interesting wrinkle. And he is the sort of wild card X factor for this cornerback room, because obviously if he's able to come back and be a useful player, well, man, that what a, what a difference that can make to have Traverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Brett. And then if the version of Sam Womack that we saw on Friday night is is indeed the player that he's going to be. I feel like this this 
cornerback room is going to be in pretty good shape. Um, uh, one other thing that I wanted to ask you about, and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you go because we've been we've been chatting for a while, um, and I want to be cognizant of your time. Obviously, the the big news out of uh, training camp or, or practice post uh, post the preseason game was um, the uncertain health situation surrounding uh, safety Jimmy Ward. Um, of course, the concern there is 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 there's there's multiple things going on, right? Obviously, Ward is is potentially um, is definitely your best safety and among your best uh, defensive backs on the on the team, but also puts you in a situation where if he's not ready to go for for week one, puts you in a situation where you're going to have to start um, somebody else back there. There was already some concern about who was going to start next to him, but now you're going to have to to be concerned about who is going to start uh, maybe in both safety positions. Um, so I don't know if you have any thoughts about how the safety battle is going across the board and who you think might be able to step in if Ward is indeed not available for week one against Chicago. Yeah. So I think one of them is in a way locked in Telano Hufunga. I think Hufunga will end up starting. I think he was the favorite to start opposite of Jimmy Ward. Uh, had Ward been in, uh, healthy, the other one is the, the bigger question mark at the more at the moment. It is Tarverius Moore. Uh, Tarverius Moore has taken – he took the snaps, I believe, with the first team uh, the other day uh, during practice. Today's an off day, but he took the snaps with the first team the other day in place of Jimmy Ward uh, after Ward got injured. And so he is the favorite right now. But Moore still has a good way to go uh, before, you know, truly – uh, earning that starting spot, in my opinion, at least. Uh, he has flashed at times in training camp. You know, the speed has been there at training camp uh, at times. But you saw in the game itself, there are some times where he took bad angles to the run. There are some times where, you know, he. I don't, I don't blame him as much on the, the burnt coverage play just because he was paired up in the slot uh, on an all-out blitz that probably should have gotten there in a way. Uh, on an all-out blitz against a wide receiver, I don't blame him too much on that. But you know, you gotta you gotta see how he responds overall. And a guy who could potentially start uh, opposite of Hufanga just for the pure coverage ability is Dante Johnson. Should he be healthy come week one? Johnson currently right. suffering a rib injury. That is the big question. Can he be healthy? Uh, if he isn't and he doesn't have enough time to practice alongside Hufanga because Dante Johnson hasn't really gotten much time with Hufanga yet. Uh, I think the 49ers would trot out Tavarius Moore, although I wouldn't be surprised if it if they we do see some three safety sets uh, as well. Yeah, um, I think the versatility of, of really mo- a lot of their defensive backs is going to come in handy. It, it, whether or not Ward, Ward is, you know, Jimmy Ward in this particular case, we have to be specific now because um, they went and signed another one, um, is, is going to be really helpful, right? Um, you want to see, you, you know, as much as you make fun of somebody like Dante Johnson, who's been here for forever, it feels like, Um the fact that he's been that he's been able to slide in and, and potentially could be an, an option at safety, but also could be somebody that they slide in um, at cornerback as as needed um, it is certainly something that would be would be very interesting to see. But it also would free up a potential roster spot somewhere else. So if they decide, well, we're just going to keep Dante Johnson on the team, then we don't need a fifth safety and a seventh and a seventh cornerback because he can kind of fulfill both spots. So it'll be really interesting to see what, what he can do. But um, here's hoping that Jimmy Ward's ready to go um, for week one. The good news is I'm, I'm not really that concerned about the Bears passing offense. I, I don't know about you, but um, that's not the <laughs> the thing that <laughs> that worries me. It's sort of later on down the road. but Right. But, uh, it's more so for that week three against Denver game that you really want him to be fully healthy because that's where the tough like week two Seattle is there too I think the 49ers do have a better roster even without Jimmy Ward week three though and onwards that's where you really want Ward to be healthy and you also want him to come back 100% because those hamstring injuries can be lingering yeah absolutely very good um well here's hoping for for good things so um Rohan, thanks so much for 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 joining me and for for chatting about training camp. This has been really cool to uh, to uh, talk with you and to hear about all the things that are going on and get your perspective on it. So um, uh, let us know, uh, let the people know where they can uh, follow you on social media and and stuff, and where they can find your writing, and uh, we can send them your way to to read more and to hear more of your thoughts. Yeah, definitely. So. 
you can follow me uh, on my YouTube and my Twitter. My Twitter is at Rohan Chakrav, and then my YouTube is my entire full name, Rohan Chakravarti. Uh, I post a lot of content on there, be it practice reports, be it uh, training camp stuff, be it really game recaps and all my objective thoughts on the 49ers uh, over there. So be sure to check that out. And then if you love the written content, be sure to hit up 49ers web zone, posting a ton of content there as well, writing my opinions and my uh, objective thoughts on 49er related content. So Robert, thank you for having me on. Uh, it was a blast talking with you on the podcast and yeah, uh, thank you and appreciate uh, coming on for sure. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Um, Rohan, uh, appreciate your time. Uh, everybody go check out all of his writing and, and definitely continue to, uh, to, to, to follow, to follow you and hear what you have to say. So thanks very much. Uh, and, uh, let me know if you ever want to come back and, and chat and maybe we can get Peter with us, uh, next time. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks very much. All right. Uh, thanks uh, to Rohan for joining us on this episode of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Uh, as always, continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis and for more training camp and preseason talk as we get closer and closer to the regular season. Um, and please, please continue to uh, subscribe and like and leave reviews for the podcast. If you haven't already done so, we'd appreciate that. Um, and we appreciate your comments as well. Um, and so on behalf of Peter Fantasy, the rest of the Niner Noise crew and myself, um, let's go ahead and sound the horn, 49ers. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.